0: Well, welcome. This is John Van Bladel again at the Building Peace Initiative at youwantapeaceameonline.com. Our podcast today is titled Human Rights as a Foundation for Peace. So we continue to lay bricks um, in the attempt to create a really solid foundation from which we can proceed to make this a more just, equitable, and peaceful world. Now today I'm going to be inviting the bell of mindfulness occasionally uh, to slow me down a bit so I don't talk too fast um, and let what I've said sink in a bit. Let's give you a little time. So in the background you may actually get to hear some of the traffic on the uh, thruway interchange out there. The jig brakes you may hear. This is not a completely quiet place here. So, you know, contrast coming back to ourselves with how we're running from place to place. Uh, In my case, from one class to another with no time to rest or get centered. And the bell helps us to come back to ourselves, to the present moment, and body, mind, and spirit. Um, When I say spirit, I mean the spirit or motivation to learn and support the practice of peace. That's what Aristotle talked about, uh, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. Now just a couple of definitions of spirit, uh, an immaterial force within a human being thought to give the body life, energy, and power. That's kind of cool. And another definition is a particular way of thinking, feeling, or behaving, especially a way that is typical of a particular group of people. Um, activity, time, or place. Now, if we combine the two of these together, we get a better idea of what it is. Um, there was an insight from Nelson Mandela that I think is a really good example of spirit. This world must be a democracy and respect for human rights, a world freed from the horrors of poverty, hunger, deprivation, and ignorance, relieved of the threat and scourge of civil wars and external aggression, and unburdened of the great tragedy of millions forced to become refugees. And I think that really encapsulates what we're talking about. Um, for me, spirit's a basic belief within my mind, heart, and soul that all people should be treated equally and have the same opportunity to achieve their potential and to live a life of de- dignity. And When I say soul, I don't necessarily mean you know, a religious definition of soul, but just that piece of you that's created, create, you're connected to something greater than yourself. Now, human rights are not privileges afforded only to those who've constructed a narrative that somehow they're more worthy or deserving of rights than others. Um, We understand human rights in our words, but often not in our deeds. Um, I think we lack the will sometimes, the motivation or structures to implement them equitably. Uh, Yet despite all this, human rights have been identified in a number of documents that serve as the standards for... Uh, rights, and also for democracy. One example that should be close to home for a lot of people in the U.S. is the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, uh, which continued us on our path towards independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these... Are Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Now, I think that's a really crucial one uh, to grasp, so I'm going to let that... Now, it's been a long journey from that moment to the present. Uh, initially, equality was only for affluent white property owners, but over time... Um, Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was opened up to all citizens. Poor whites, blacks were freed. Later, black men got the right to vote, and then women were given the right to vote. And as is the case with many human rights, it was was codified into existence. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery in 1865. Uh, The 14th Amendment gave citizenship to all people who were born in the U.S. I think it was 1868. And the 15th Amendment gave black Americans the vote, the right to vote in 1870. Um, But were blacks really given equality? Well, the answer would be no. Uh, Jim Crow laws popped up enacted by states, uh, kept people away from the polls, unemployed, and with little hope for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So this is a pattern we can continue to see. You can codify something, but that doesn't mean it actually comes to fruition. Now, it's been a long wait, inspired by activism, um, that led to the civil rights of 1964, where some people call that the real freeing um, of the slaves, where freedoms were more firmly defined and minorities were more actively supported. Uh, The Civil Rights Act of 1964 ended segregation in public places and banned employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. But, as we have seen, laws do not always change attitudes or beliefs, and prejudice and racism continue to exist. Now, systemic racism and discrimination is built into our institutions, and equality continues to be resisted around the globe. Um, In fact, one of the examples that I use is the Stop ERA movement, if you are aware of the Equal Rights Amendment. It was a proposed amendment to the United States Constitution that was designed to guarantee equal rights for all American citizens, regardless of sex. Now it never made it to becoming an amendment. Um during the mid-1970s there was an organized movement against feminism, which basically means equal rights, at least for me, and the equal rights amendment failed to achieve ratification by the requisite thirty-eight or three-fourths of the states. Now some states can apply it and this gets us into the uh or actually can embrace it and, and some do. But this gets us into the issue of states' right versus um, the federal government, which we'll get into down the road because we're seeing a lot of that um, right now in this country. Uh, And it's an old, old um, argument. uh, Who should have the right to tell who what to do? Which brings us into the issue of freedom, which we've talked about a bit in past podcasts. So you may ask, hey, why am I giving you a a history lesson here? (laughs) or A little bit of a history lesson Uh, Well, you have to understand what you're up against. Uh, You may see the logic of equal rights as a given, but many do not, and in fact they're going to actively oppose it in an organized fashion. The other consideration is don't think you've ever won. I think people make that mistake. They think that they've gotten equal rights. Um, You have to remain vigilant and not underestimate the commitment and skill some have when it comes to maintaining inequality, whether it be based on race, ethnicity, gender, or socioeconomic class. And you have to organize as well and as assertively as people who would not support human rights. So what we need to do is do the work so that we possess the knowledge, commitment, and a coherent and confident voice to support human rights. Or what we talked about earlier, develop the spirit to support it. This is not just an academic pursuit. By the way, let me know how the bell's working out for you. I'm gonna keep trying new things here, otherwise this just becomes a, a rush through uh, a monologue. So. Perhaps the most influential statement of human rights is the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It was adopted by the UN General Assembly on, I think it was December 10th, 1948, and was motivated by the horrors of World War II, which included the Holocaust. It was a commitment to never allow such human rights violations to occur. Now, I put together a human rights course several years ago to teach at the um, college and actually got it through, and I don't know if I really anticipated that we'd be so into um, this, uh, with what's going on in the U.S. at this point. Um, but again, we are seeing um, all sorts of arguments and all sorts of rhetoric around what exactly you know a right is. But back to this document, the good news is World War III has not happened yet. Unfortunately, uh, this document, the Declaration of Human Rights, did not stop human rights abuses, and they continue including genocides, of which there have been numerous ones uh, since 1948 and which continue or are continuing at this very moment. Um, But at least there's an agreed-upon standard, but we follow it selectively. Um, And we'll get into the psychology of rules don't apply and the catastrophes that result when such attitudes um, predominate in a later podcast. You know, you just can't dismiss rules when they're inconvenient for you. Um, Exceptions don't work out particularly well in matters like this. Uh, The other major problem was the establishment of the UN Security Council, which immediately contradicted the intent of the Declaration of Human Rights by making some more equal than others, and this is foundational. Here we go. We say that everyone's going to be equal, and then we set up a group of people who aren't equal. And the Security Council, the five permanent members are China, the US, France, the UK, and the Russian Federation. Um, There are some temporary uh, members, and you can take a look at who they are. But again, this is an unequal distribution. Um, So let's take a little bit of a look at the preamble to the Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, Whereas, I always like sentences that start with that whereas recognition of the inherent dignity. of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family is the foundation of freedom, freedom, justice, and peace in the world. Uh, It says everybody, not some people. Then, once again, I'm so happy the word peace is in there, um, and it cannot occur without attending to human rights. That's what I've come to. I remember structural violence. Now, the definition that I've talked about earlier is structural violence is built into our social cultural and economic institutions and it has the effect of denying people important rights such as economic well-being social political sexual equality a sense of personal fulfillment and self-worth food clean water medical care and environmental rights you've heard this from me before but i have to say it again because it is like really cool it makes a whole lot of sense now if we look at rights in the u.s you know now just talk about um bringing the right to marry who you please back to the supreme court So questions like that, you know, whatever my political affiliation, which is independent by the way, I start thinking, well, do I want one group of people to have fewer rights than another? And that is really the cornerstone of this. All people are supposed to have the same rights. We don't exclude people. Um, So positive peace, again, when we talk about peace, is where there is no or limited exploitation um, and where there is not structural violence. And it. Includable in just social order, as well as ecological harmony. And again, I love that one. So the focus on human rights is an important shift as it provides us with some real specific components of peace. I hope this is starting to come together for people because it took some time for me to get this, but um, I get this now. Do I put it into practice as well as I'd like to? No. Because as I've said before, I'm selectively compassionate It's a character flaw, but we do not get past these things until we start to acknowledge that there are times when we do not treat everyone equally. And by the way, when I say a character flaw, there's the who I would like to be and there's the who I am, Um, you know... Uh, somewhere between Gandhi and um, whatever horrible person you can come up with uh, most of us are you know we're along a continuum so I aspire to treat everyone just justly and equitably but the culture that I've raised in um, creates a whole lot of explicit and implicit bias that we have to be aware of. So now returning to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, article number one. And again, here we go. There's a ton of articles in there that you can read. And most people, their eyes glaze over when they're reading them. But take the time to um, do it. And I actually have a human rights book by a guy named Donnelly um, that Universal Human Rights, Theory and Practice. It's a good read, but um, it's a bit academic. So here we go. Back to the, the article, All Human Beings Are Born Free, and equal in dignity and rights, they're endowed with reason and conscience, and should act towards one another in a spirit of brotherhood. That's a great statement. Now, notice the gender bias, brotherhood. We'll call it personhood. Feel free to start emailing the UN. Maybe you'll get, um, <laughs> maybe you'll get a response. I, I always tell people I've emailed the Post and told them, or the Post, the Pope. Hopefully not the Post. That's an interesting slip. Where's Freud when you need him? Uh, Basically, I've interviewed the, um, or, (laughs) jeez. now I've just slipped away, so I'm into my Freud head here. Um, I have sent an email, I tell people to the Pope to tell him to um, change some things and make the uh, Bible more um, gender neutral. Uh, No response yet, although this Pope's a pretty interesting guy. So, speaking about the Pope, perhaps we can apply the golden rule here, uh, and that's the foundation of so many religions. Um, Religions have a lot of power and influence. Uh, They have been central to civil rights movements, uh, and also have caused a whole lot of civil rights and human rights violations. Um, So, what if we take a look at some of these texts, whether they be Hindu, Christian, um, Muslim, Buddhist... Um, all which talk about compassion and forgiveness. And what if we change our focus to that and the Golden Rule? Now, some have done so, and we're going to get to that uh, in the future. Um, Some, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Thich Nhat Hanh, Dorothy Day, and some of the less-known people around us every day that actually uh, practice what they preach. So, Ali will give you a reading list because you have nothing better to do with it. But in any case, um, I'm going to develop one. I have developed one, which I'll offer to you. But um, so today what I want you to take away are human rights, or it's exactly that. They're a right. They're not a privilege. You have the right to demand that people respect your human rights. Um, so I'm going to conclude today by saying we need to be knowledgeable. We've got to know the human rights documents that are available. Stand on the shoulders of giants, name drop, challenge the existing narratives with an informed, assertive, compassionate approach, and we can reach our goal of a more peaceful and sustainable world. It's our human right to do so collectively. And I'm going to post some of the human rights documents on youwantapieceofmeonline.com shortly. But that is it for today. Next week, we'll continue to work on developing a set of resources and skills So that we can be agents of change. Till then, let's give people some peace.